Happy Friday, everyone. We are releasing a special episode. We're checking in with Mario J. Rivera, videographer extraordinaire here in San Diego, frontman for the band Nights Like Thieves. He's been out in Albuquerque working on something special. We're going to see what's going on with Mario. Let's see what he's up to. Yo. MJR. Is it working? It's working. Things are working. Good. I'm going to pull over. Uh, here and eat my burrito. We've been going back and forth on Marco Polo, the the video app here, and uh, you're you're doing something special out there in your hometown of uh, Albuquerque, buddy. Why don't we uh, talk about it a little bit and let everyone know here in San Diego what you're up to? Okay. I don't know if anyone's going to really care, but <laughs> all right. And end of episode. Thanks for tuning in. See you later. No. <laughs> so. The other day, well, this is like, what, I think a week ago, I'm just, I was just going through a lot of old videos. I used to play in a band called Left Unsaid. Before Left Unsaid, it was a different name. Uh, it started in 1997. I joined it in 1999, and then that's when it really became Left Unsaid. And our band got really popular in the Albuquerque music scene. You know, we opened up for, like, Deftones, Bad Religion, Offspring, uh, Strung Out. Just We opened up for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Just tons and tons of huge bands. Well, our song got regular rotation on the radio, which led us to major label interest and all this stuff. You know, we were like these local heroes here. We, we toured and we did stuff and we started building a name for ourselves, but our, our band broke up in 2004, right, right when everything was like really starting to take off. When Left Unsaid broke up, we would still play shows. Like every so couple years, we'd play reunion shows. And all the way until last year, we played for my birthday here last year. And regardless of what we play, we always sell out our, the shows. And our, the, the venue we play a lot is Launchpad, which is like the Albuquerque like, temple for, <laughs> for all local bands. And, and, and Joe Anderson's a promoter here, and he owns the Launchpad, the Sunshine Theater, the El Rey. We get a lot of the same bands that San Diego gets. So we're kind of the middle point between Texas and Arizona. So I found all this footage, you know, for the last 20 years of Left Unsaid tour footage shows and other bands that I shot in Albuquerque. So I, I'm like, you know, instead of having all this footage sit in my garage and just sitting there, I should do something. And I'm like, I'm going to make a documentary about our band and kind of tell the story and about the local scene here. I just decided I'm going to do it. And I drove to Albuquerque and plus I wanted to see my parents. I haven't seen them in, you know, uh, since last year and they're getting older. So yeah, I'd like to see them more often. So, um, yeah, I drove here to, to interview a lot of the local legends here and the p- promoters and the radio people and pe- everybody that helped us out. And then other musicians and bands and see what I can kind of put together. And that's kind of what I'm doing here. That's rad. So that'll be like a full length documentary, like hour, hour and a half long kind of thing or what? Yeah, I think I'll try to make it an hour. It's going to be called Never Ending. It's better this way. And the reason I, it's going to be called that is because that's, that's a lyric from our song Dresden, which is like the most popular song we have. That's a song, the radio station here, like 91X in, in San Diego, we have The Edge in Albuquerque. 
And um, back then, that song, we got regular rotation. Um, one of the program directors in, at the station lo loved our band and gave us a shot. And then we ranked so high that this is back in 2003 when we were getting spun on regular rotation. That's right. And our song did so well, that's how it drew attention to major labels and whatnot. That's cool. We would have a thing called Edge Fest. I think 90, what's 91X's? They had X Fest there for a while, downtown X Fest. Yeah, so they did that here. It was called Edge Fest. Oh, cool. And you would be like, like POD played, uh, POD headlined one of them one year here. Right. But, uh, you know, we played a few of them, but we actually played the main stage in the middle of the day. And I remember some bands, I think it was Head P.E. and Cottonmouth Kings or something, they got really pissed off. And they were complaining to the radio station, like, why is a local band playing the main stage and after us? <laughs> and the station's like, you know, they have a big draw here. Right. Uh, they, their songs requested a lot, and they just have a big following here. And yeah, sometimes we'd play, you know, we'd have like, we'd play with the Ataris, Strung Out, uh, yeah. any big national touring band back in the day would come through here. We'd, we'd play a lot of the shows with them and, and we would draw more than those bands. It was crazy. So it was like a big deal. You know, we were like big fish in a small pond. Right. Um, and it was something just really special. And the fact that we could play 20 years later and sell out a show still is there's something to be said about that. It's just, it's pretty special to us. So just putting all this stuff together and it'll be for us, you know, to look back and just do something cool with all the footage throughout the last 20 years and talk about Albuquerque music scene, which is completely special to all of us. Yeah, you can get some, uh, you can interview some tweakers out there in Albuquerque too. That'd be dope. If anybody knows of Albuquerque, <laughs> New Mexico, they know of it because of Breaking Bad, the TV show. And unfortunately... There are certain parallels. Yeah, and it's kind of sad to see because, you know, yeah. especially with COVID, everything, a lot of these venues and stuff are shutting down, but then you see like... I think the homeless, the population of the homeless people has increased and it's really sad to see. I see a lot of meth head and crack heads walking around and it's just, it's pretty rough, dude. And like this city, it's like, there's a lot of cool things about Albuquerque, but there's a lot of sketchy things about Albuquerque. Right. You and I jokingly compare it to El Cajon, the anus of San Diego. Uh, a lot of tweakers out here, a lot of- El Cajon? That's the anus of San Diego. Just like any city, it, they you know each city can have its right its pros and cons for sure. Right, I think Albuquerque just it's it's a little more highlighted here, especially <laughs> with Breaking Bad. You know the the guy who wrote Breaking Bad is from Albuquerque. That's why you know he wrote it. And Albuquerque is known to have maybe a, a bit of a a methamphetamine problem. Yeah, gangs too. It's like a. Uh, a lot of gang stuff happening here. Yeah, but a, but a thriving music scene, it sounds like. And you guys got a lot of nationals that went through there. And I, I have to say, it's cool that you have so much video from back in the 90s, dude. Like, I think about, you know, uh, before cell phones and before social media, it wasn't that easy to get video. <laughs> it wasn't that common to take video back in the 90s. I, I wish I would have taken more. So it's cool that you 
you have that and have enough to make a full-length documentary. Yeah, I mean, I have footage. It's all like on VHS tapes, uh, high eight tapes, mini DV tapes. I have VHSC tapes. Wow. I bought like all these old school cameras off eBay because like a lot of my old ones broke. I had to buy a VCR. I had to buy all the stuff to trans to to um, transfer all this footage to my computer. We basically just have a lot of footage throughout from 1999 all the way to. 2019 and i also have footage of other like albuquerque bands there's some bands like you know you heard of the shins yeah of course the shins are from albuquerque and they were called flake music before the shins i think when they moved they left albuquerque and they went to portland and that's when they changed it to the shins but their hometown is albuquerque right on there's an old school punk rock band called scared of chaka that was their their legends here and then there's a band that a lot of people will probably know of they're called broken side and they're one of the first bands to do that like Screamo crunk music, I guess you can call it. Jim Morrison, uh, he he went to middle school in Albuquerque. No shit. Yeah, it's it's a it's a special place. It's <laughs> it's like a rough, tough city, but it's 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 awesome. Like there's cool scenery, the food is great, the people are nice. For the most part, um, yeah, it's it's just like any other little small town, I guess. So, when do you anticipate this uh, documentary to release? It's probably going to take me like a year to put it together. A lot of uh, editing, I would assume, huh? I already interviewed twenty-one people for it. Damn. And a lot of our conversations, you know, they can go from ten minutes to two hours. It's going to be a process, and I don't, I kind of don't fully know what the story is going to be that I want to tell with it. Cause I don't want to just to make it just about our band. I mean, a majority of it is going to be about it. Cause that's what I have most, uh, content on, but I want it to be about the scene. And I'm, I have a buddy of mine. He's a producer and he's going to help me kind of tell the story. Hell yeah. The, the story with it. Yeah, man. What, what kind of people have you interviewed? Mainly other bands there and promoters for the most part and, and venue owners. Well, yeah, Joe Anderson, he's the man in, in Albuquerque. Everybody knows Joe Anderson. Um, he books all the huge bands, every band that comes through here. Okay. And he owns all, like, the, the Launchpad, Sunshine. He owns, like, the biggest music venues here. He's like the uh, the Tim Mays of San Diego? Exactly. Him, actually, him and Tim Mays are friends. In fact, Joe Anderson... Um, looked up to Tim Mays and, and has a lot of respect for Tim Mays. I think he like molded himself like the, how he does everything, how Tim Mays does. So awesome. Yeah, him and Tim Mays are good friends. It's, it's funny because when I moved to San Diego, Joe Anderson's like, hey, do you need me to hit up Tim Mays? You want me to and get you in the Casbah? And oh, wow. I never did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ended up playing with the Ataris at the Casbah, right? Yeah. The reason why we played the Ataris is we've known the Ataris. So, yeah, back in 1999, we, we were fans of the Ataris, and they were playing Launchpad, and we were kids. You know, we were like 19, 20. And... We gave uh, Chris Rowe our CD, and he popped it in, 
and listened to it right then and there. And he's like, hey, go home and grab your gear. You guys are opening up for us. So we're like, hell yeah, this is so rad, you know? And we went home, we grabbed our gear, came back, opened for the Taris. They ended up spending the night with us at our house. So after the show, they stayed with us, and we actually jammed together. It was funny. Like, th their old drummer, Chris, we were, like, jamming in our jam room because our band used to practice at our house. So we became friends with the Ataris that way. So every time they would come through at uh, Albuquerque, we would open up for them. We'd be, like, the co-supporting... Track support. Yeah. And, and they would stay at our house and stuff, and, and we built a relationship with them through all the years, so... That's cool. That's how I think I got like nights like thieves on the Casbah one. Eventually. <laughs> yeah, eventually. Hey, don't you ever forget that that Ready Set Survive played with the Ataris before nights like thieves, bro, in San Diego, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you totally did. And it was funny because Chris would always tell me, like, as soon as I moved to uh, San Diego and I posted the first like nights like thieves video, Chris like hit me up. He's like, dude. Sounds good. I want to take you guys on the road with us, and well, I'll let you open a few shows on the road with us, and and I'll and we're coming through San Diego, and he never dude. It took him like two years to get us on a show out there. <laughs> he just kept telling me that he was gonna put us on stuff, and then he never did, and then finally, but I would imagine he just forgot. You know, I would imagine that wasn't intentional, but. We've talked. We've talked about this before. Uh, we we got put on the Atari show through brick by brick, and I remember them reaching out to me, and I instantly thought, "Oh fuck, Mar Mario's gonna be so mad." <laughs> I wasn't mad at you. At you I, know, I was just like talking to Chris. I'm like, I thought you said you were gonna get us on the show, but no big deal. It is what it is. And I actually talked to Chris because Chris Rowe, he's here in New Mexico, and. He was supposed to come meet up with me because so I can interview him, and I, he still hasn't texted me back. Fuck, he just flakes on you, dog. <laughs> <laughs> my, my buddy, Mike Bobroff, he's actually Rise Against tour manager. He's, he's worked with Rise Against, Guttermouth, Coheed and Cambria, 30 Seconds of Mars, uh, Rufio. That's how he got my, other, my old band, Your Name and Lights. We toured with Rufio and the Still Canvas. Because Mike hooked us up. Plus, we used to play shows with Rufio all the time um, when they come through Albuquerque. So we became friends with them. And right. I think we did a show, Left Unsaid, actually. When we went on tour, we played in Riverside with Rufio. I think that's when we first... I don't know. It's just so many years, dude, you know? And you, you featured that singer on a uh, Nights Like Thieves song, too, right? Uh, yeah, Scott's on a song. He's on an uh, old new song. Yeah, that tour manager, we were kind of talking about that. Yeah, so a lot of people know who he is all over. That He goes by Buck, but he's like, dude, that guy is a legend, and he's helped He's helped me out so for so many years with being in bands and shows and everything. In fact, it's funny. At the Drive-In is like my ultimate favorite band, right? Yeah. On my birthday in San Diego, I went, you know, I got tickets to go see At the Drive-In at Soma, and as soon as I walk in, I see Mike Bobrov. He's sell he's the at their merch. I'm like, what are you doing? It's so random because <laughs> I'll run into that guy randomly everywhere, all over the, like the world, pretty much. Yeah, he he's working with At the Drive-In. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And then I think he was working with Flog and Molly before COVID hit. Um, but that dude just, yeah, he he's tour manages 
a lot of a lot of bands that we all grew up on. But yeah, it's it's pretty rad. Any bands in San Diego? If you ever want to come to Albuquerque, you just let me know. I I got a live and well a show out here. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, Mike and Matt. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I would assume it's a similar situation to San Diego, right? All of the uh, venues are are shut down temporarily. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah, um, it is sad. there's like so like, Launchpad's doing a thing where they're they're uh, they have a Patreon. Uh, people are supporting that way, and they're doing streaming concerts. Yeah. Um, and they have like a three camera setup, and it it, it looks really good actually. That's right. It's shot really well. The audio's great. Yeah, they're live streaming concerts. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's like this everywhere, man. It's 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 a yeah. bummer. Yeah, 2020. What's one word that uh, summarizes 2020? Unreal. Shit show. I guess that's two words. Uh, yeah. F- I fuck. Yeah, it's terrible. But well, that's that's another thing too. With the documentary, I'm I'm trying to. I don't know how I can do it, but I want to do something where I can help Launchpad. And yeah, man. I know Joe is talking about maybe doing a show and and all this stuff and yeah. anything to help out the local guys here that you know they did so much for us to give back would be awesome. So I'm just trying yeah. to figure out how to do that. This is kind of just on a, a, a spur of the moment thing, you know. It's just like an idea popped up. I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna make it happen and just kind of go with it and see what happens. Yeah, you're kind of like that, bro. Uh, and I have to commend you on that. You know, you have ideas and then you execute them. You know, you, you follow through on them. And you constantly have fucking ideas. And, and you're constantly uh, doing cool shit, bro. I mean, with your covers that you're doing, too, I think we should touch on that. You know, you're playing all the instruments and you're fucking one-man show, dude, with all the video. And uh, you're, you're getting better at drums and rocking the drums in your, your little uh, studio there at your cat-filled home in La Mesa. Well, yeah, so we're not practicing. Nights Like These isn't doing anything. And I wanted to take a break from writing because I'm always, like, writing. And I'm like, it'll be fun to cover, like, bands that I grew up on that I love and their songs. So I, so far, I have a YouTube channel. It's just my name, YouTube slash my name, Mario J. Rivera. And I started covering, uh, I have At The Drive, I covered At The Drive-In, The Get Up Kids, Saves The Day, and Thursday so far. And I, what I'm doing is I'm, I don't want to cover the song exactly how the band does it. So I kind of rewrite some parts. I add extra vocals. I add harmonies where there wasn't. I, add, I change the, the guitar uh, notes and I try to make it my own, but keep it to the true form of the original song. Actually, this is the most fun I've had playing music in a long time. <laughs> it's not, not playing our own songs. <laughs> All right. No, it's fun. Dude, covers are fun. And plus, you're switching it up and playing drums. You know, I know that's fun for you. Yeah, I'm playing all the instruments and I'm making like little music videos of it. And it's it's fun. It's I'm enjoying myself and it's something to do. It started off, I covered a Smashing Pumpkins song when quarantine first hit. I used to be that was a good one such a talented talented individual well thank you Troy. you are too talented i appreciate it yeah no it's it's inspiring to to see you uh continue and adapting and and to you know you're staying creative you're not letting this slow you down and uh that's rad i think uh musicians can learn from that man 
Well, I've seen a lot of people doing, like, cool stuff during this time. And what, what can you really do, you know? Like, well, some are and some aren't. Some are fucking done, you know? Some haven't done anything since March. Some are doing streams, which I understand both. Your stream is really cool. I think you should do that. Keep, keep doing that. Well, what we're thinking about doing is maybe once a month having a band back at the Palapa in my backyard and streaming it with Brian Wilder. Like kind of turning the Palapa into a venue, uh, you know, an outdoor venue. That would be really cool. It's kind of, you wanted to kind of do, you kind of wanted to do your, uh, your podcast video. There you go. Like that's the perfect thing to do. Yeah, exactly, dude. Like maybe have the band on, maybe do less episodes, maybe once a month feature one band, interview them and then have them live stream from the yard. And uh, yeah, just an idea. Honestly, like as you get older, I don't know, as I get older anyways, I become a little less selfish, dude. And I, I think about other people, dude. And I think about our scene and I, I genuinely want to help, dude. Like I want to help the bands in San Diego, you know, stay active and, and get out there and and keep doing something, bro, you know, because I know it's it sucks. There's so much talent in our city and it's it's just on pause right now for the most part. Totally. Well, you're doing it, dude. So you are definitely keeping it alive and you're doing cool and creative ways to keep it going. I think a lot of people are. Yeah, a lot of people are stepping up. You mentioned uh, live streaming. You know, Casbah is doing that. Um, the Tower Bar is doing live streams. What do you think? I'm going to get science fiction on you here for a minute, all right? You're a video expert. And the thought popped into my... I wouldn't say I'm an expert. <laughs> well, you're, you're a professional videographer, dude, for sure. I'm always still learning, though. I, I don't. I sure. always need need to improve. But thank you, Troy. You're too kind to me. Well, you, yeah. No, I'm just stating a fact, bro. That's a that's a good mindset, though. You know, no matter how good you get, don't become like complacent, right? I think that's really important. Always keep trying to learn. Always. Of course, there's always going to be people that are killing it way harder and charging it way harder than you. But as long right. as you're having fun doing what you're doing, and and you just yeah, you just keep improving and keep learning. So let me run this science fiction sort of idea I have in my mind. You've seen these hologram streams, right? Or hologram productions, right? Of Michael Jackson and Prince, and they bring them back from the dead, and it's like they're really there on stage, right? Yeah, Tupac. Tupac. Tupac at Coachella. So what if that were to become a little simpler to accomplish for the, the layman, for the average band, and... And we started seeing bands just pop up in your living room as a three-dimensional hologram, bro. You know what I mean? Like, oh, dude, you know what's so funny? I always talk. I, I always talk about this. So that was my idea, bro. This is my idea, not yours. All right? No, 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 no. This is old because it was mm. funny. I was talking to. Oh, no, I remember. No. I always say this with, with the future of how technology is. Wait until they have hologram porn. <laughs> yeah i mean or even or even some sort of device that actually like recreates it's not even light it's like actual matter that is that you can touch and feel like you know what i mean <laughs> you mentioned porn you know <laughs> that would be amazing i don't yeah, think that's far-fetched because the only downside of like an audience a fan watching a stream is that it's very one-dimensional it's on your screen so what if some device came along and projected 
um, uh, the Ataris or left unsaid into your fucking living room <laughs> and you set it up to you know, a six sound system and boom, you have a concert right there in your living room. You invite friends over, you, you project it into your backyard. That would be amazing. Do you have the capabilities of doing that right now? Because I think that will be the future at some point that it's going to be the future. I think that's going to happen. Yeah. I do too. But if you have the capabilities of doing it, hell yeah, that would, that would be so awesome. Is that something me and you can work on and patent and uh, and uh, become overnight millionaires? Well, as far as patenting it, and it's already been done. I mean, they did it with Tupac, and True. but but putting it in people's homes, I would not know where to start and how to do that at all. That's that's on that's a different level. It's that's gonna different. happen, dude. I need to hit up, uh, you know, something, some sort of little device, dude. You know how t- how quickly technology is uh, progressing. Some sort of little yeah. projection device, bro, that Apple comes out with or Microsoft or whatever. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude. You you heard it first on Palapalooza. Well, you didn't, you're not the first person to say that. <laughs> I, I haven't heard that. that. I mean, yeah, no, I know that, that bigger people are doing it, but I haven't the thing, heard... The thing, the, what a fucking asshole you are, you know that? Unreal. But having the, having the bands play, I, I never heard anybody say about having the bands play in their house. So I'll, I'll give you that, dude. That's a great idea. I think that'd be dope right now, especially with venues shut down, you know. Not to hate on venues, but a way to adapt is just get the fucking band in your living room. Another way to do it, too, is virtual reality. Like, you know how you, they have the, the glasses that yeah. you can wear? You can play your iPhone and they do the 3D videos. That's another way. What yeah. band did that? I haven't seen that, but that's a great idea, too. Yeah. I'm sure if you, if you Google it, you could probably find it, but it's like, you, you, it's like you're there at their practice spot and you're or at the show. I think some, it's got to be done. See, that's not a bad idea either. You just sell the glasses. All right, we're doing this 3D stream. Uh, Purchase your $50 glasses today and be a part of it. We'll mail you the glasses, the 3D glasses, and you're, you're a part of it. Yeah. Google it. I think somebody did that. And again, I would argue all of these ideas are not as good as an actual show. You know, I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm just thinking ahead and thinking, what if this doesn't come to, you know, what if venues, what if this is a recurring thing every fucking fall, you know, these shutdowns and, you know, it just seems like we need to adapt maybe a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting to see where music's going to go for sure. And like bands, it sucks. Like a lot of bands, especially the hardworking bands, that this is what their living is, is by touring. Totally. I feel for that. Guys like Chris Rowe, you know, the Ataris. It's one thing for local bands, but Chris Rowe, dude, he makes his money on the road, right? Yeah, of course. The Ataris, and now he's doing, he does a live stream pretty much daily. He, uh, it's just him acoustic, but he gets, you know, he'll get a few hundred people in, on the live things and they tip him on Venmo and he sells his merch on Bandcamp. So yeah, he's doing what he can to survive, you know? Do you have any idea how much, you know, it's kind of personal information, but how much he makes off each stream? I've never asked him that. I I won't ask. God, I I wonder if he's making more, (laughs) you know, because there's less overhead. There's no gas involved. You know, there's less overhead involved. I wonder if he's pulling in more. <laughs> That's true. And it's only him. Right. It's not like it's going to the band because Chris Chris is the Atari. That's his baby. And so 
Yeah. It's all his. Like, he hires um, musicians to do the tours and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, he probably is. He's probably doing okay with it, I guess. Because, I mean, he gets a crap, you know. He's, he's a household name. Like, people... Love the Ataris. Ataris are big, dude. They- I loved Chris Rowe, dude. Honestly, we had a good talk at Brick by Brick when uh, we played with him, and he was very kind and generous, and we talked in his van. He was a really nice guy. What I like about Chris is he's a he's a he's such a music fan. He he's just like all of us. You know what I mean? He loves his fans, of course, and like he he's just a fan of music. I remember like just seeing him. What show was it? He was just like just like rocking out in the front row. I forget what show it was. This is years ago, but I'm just like, it's so cool that he doesn't like take himself that he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have like some big ego and he's not better than anybody else. And he really like respects the art of music and, and what, with the fans and, and just everything he, you know what I mean? Yep. Great songwriter, dude, which is really what it's all about. I'm going to cover a Atari song off uh, their, their first record. Hell yeah. But my goal was to do 20 songs for 2020. I'm going to put out like a release of all my covers and whoever wants it can download it for free. If they want to pitch some money in, they can do that too. But it's, it's good. I'm going to do that. But I won't have enough time to finish it out this year. So I'm going to do 21 songs for 2021 if I, if I can. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> rad. That's a great idea. And that'll be on uh, Bandcamp? Yeah, I'll put it on Bandcamp, and I'm going to put, like, pay what you want. You could download it for free. Don't You don't have to pay anything. You can take it for free, or if you want to help out, sure, whatever. Right on. That's dope. I'm just having fun with it, and I want to make uh, videos, and I think I'm calling it the songs that wait, the songs that got me through. I think it's one of the titles I want to call it. I love that. But it's going to be, like, just a lot of my favorite songs growing up. But I just have so many projects in front of me that... I need to like just focus one at a time or I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'm a good multitasker and I can work on various projects at the time. The Left Unsaid documentary Albuquerque thing is going to take uh, probably a year. It could take two years. Probably just be like, yeah. I could probably just go back home and be like, I have all this footage. Ah, I don't want to do this anymore. Mario J. Rivera, follow him on YouTube, uh, slash Mario J. Rivera. You can see all his rad covers. Thursday saves the day of the Get Up Kids at the drive-in. I love that shit, man. Keep them coming. Uh, at MJR79 on uh, Instagram. I think I think my next one's going to be Jimmy Eat World. There you go. Maybe a little uh, Ready, Set, Survive. That'd be dope. Maybe yeah, you gotta you gotta do bands that are actually known. No. <laughs> it'd be cool. It'd be cool to do local bands. Yeah, maybe the next album you can just cover locals. Well, that's that's funny too. I, I'm actually I interviewed a band that used to cover Left Unsaid songs, dude, and that. Oh. And we talked about we played in Texas. We played in Texas with the Ataris. Yeah, we brought the kids with us, and they covered our song right before we played. <laughs> that's right. I know local bands do that. You know, there's so many tight groups out here i know fishing for chips will cover uh avenue army and i've heard the rough cover uh you know bands like main sale and uh fishing for chips and avenue army and infinite signal so it's kind of a cool thing to do for sure was it somebody cover avenue army or did somebody cover 
Or did Avenue Army cover a band? I can't I remember. I think they go back and forth just because they're all boys. You know, they're all buddies, obviously. And Avenue Army and The Rough are pretty much the same band. So I think they cover each other every once in a while. And I love that idea. Yeah, they're, they're the same members, except they sound different. Right, that's what I meant. Right. Jesus. How are they doing? I talk with Darren pretty often. Avenue Army has been recording, but I don't think either band has rehearsed since COVID. Which I don't blame them. There's just nothing going on, dude. You know, unless you want to stream, right? Which I don't think some bands are into streaming, and I understand that. Yeah, I really wasn't. But then it's like it got to the point where you know Scott, our our mutual guitar player, is leaving, so we wanted to do something with him. And yeah, Brian Wilder stepped up, and he's the fucking man. So I was like, hey, why not? But I can't really say that I'm too stoked on live streams. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, dude, Brian did a great job, though, man. Yeah, it was all him, bro. It was all him. I mean, we've jammed twice, three times in our backyard in the past six months, so we weren't the tightest, but the fact that he mixed it up pretty well was was cool. I like the part when the cymbal fell. <laughs> did it? And you're like, hey, it's, it's live. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the cymbal fell or, yeah, Morgan just totally fucked up a part and whatever we could have edited that but it is what it is that kind of shit happens live dude you know yeah no his his symbol his symbol fell off that's what happened oh did it i didn't even notice that i mean i only watched it like 20 times in a row oh i'm sure you did bro we gave you a shout out i know i watched the whole stream dude oh cool thanks i'm not lying okay (laughs) yeah It wasn't live. We we recorded it the week before and then we released it, uh, which is... Well, I know. I always recommend that because you, you can mix it and you can edit it and make it sound better. Totally. That's what the Launchpad's doing. That's how they're streaming their shows. They, they pre-record it. Yeah. Fuck, I got to back up. Tweaker's coming so out I'm you? driving. Oh, okay. Yeah, these cars are coming in. These cars are coming in hot. This actually turned into a longer segment than I anticipated but you know we're going back and forth on marco polo and i figured we'd touch base with you dude and we'll we'll just release this friday everyone here in san diego loves mario so we always like to check in with you dude and i wish you the very best stay productive and uh stay healthy stay sane i'll see you next year bro <laughs> uh, yeah right i talk to you all the time dude marco polo is going off i do have to say buddy we, we talk a lot i talk with uh, darren a lot i talk with evan a lot but i'd have to say like in the last six months me and you have uh, i've probably talked with you more on video chat than anyone man so i appreciate it i want to uh, likewise i wanted to ask about scott though he got married right because i mean i've been gone so he got married and did he move yet i haven't talked to him no scott zekla yeah um Congratulations to him and his wife, Elena. They got married uh, in his uh, dad's backyard in Poway. A fucking beautiful backyard, dude. Like a resort. I watched some of that on the Instagram Live. It was, yeah, it looked really nice. And I liked uh, Scott's speech. Like he read out like some, uh, when they're, or what do you call it when you get married? Like a toast, a little toast. No, your vow. Oh, the vows. What is yeah. it? Yeah, he referenced uh, the <laughs> yeah. Simpsons. He's a big Simpsons guy, so he did like Homer Simpson quotes. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Scott Ziekla, the guitarist that I stole from Nights Like Thieves. Really good guy, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Yeah, he'll be back. He'll be back in San Diego. Yes, no, Scott's, Scott's a great guy. Hey, if any guitar players are out there and they're hearing this, yeah. 
uh, and you want to come jam with Nights Like Thieves, hit me up. <laughs> yeah, Nights Like Thieves is seeking a lead guitarist. So uh, hit him up if you're interested. You can't play in Ready, Set, Survive, though. That's, yeah, that's you can't thing. be playing in another band. You can't have any other musical uh, commitments. <laughs> you have to commit all no, of you... your time and attention to Nights Like Thieves. You have to be a backup singer. <laughs> you have to sing perfect harmonies. You have to have a style that matches perfectly with Mario. Anything yeah. else? Am I missing anything? Hell yeah. Yeah. No, no. Uh, but seriously, I mean, I, I don't know what, you know, with all the stuff going on, who knows what the future is going to be with the band stuff. But um, yeah, we still want to keep playing. And I would be stoked to find someone who sings and plays guitar and can help write. Because like, I'm tired of writing songs. <laughs> Yeah, you guys will find someone, man, for sure. I, I hear you. And uh, you, you can even get by as a three-piece, right? I know you don't want to. Nah, but... uh-uh. Yeah. No, nah, definitely not. We're No, I don't I don't want to be a three-piece. I like three-piece bands, but I, our music just yeah. is not made for that. Unless you do it like a lot of bands do now, and they just have backing tracks. I mean, right. it's cool. Like, I don't hate on bands that do that, but not for me. I like to have a, a, a actual guitar player. would be cool. Yeah, I want to see you do a live stream as your Mario Four project. That's one thing I I recommended. I think that'd be dope. I'm not gonna happen. Just like we did it. Just stream one of your videos. Oh. Just record a video, oh. a live set. Yeah, yeah. Of you could even do night songs or yeah, that's gonna be diff. That would be difficult. That would be pretty fucking time consuming, huh? Yeah, it'd be hard. And plus, I'd have to make it so it looks like I'm playing everything at once. I mean, I, but yeah, that could be tough. It would basically be you recording an entire set and then just stream it as a live stream. Totally. All right, big guy. Well, hey, nice uh, checking up with you. And uh, we look forward to the documentary. Keep in touch. Follow Mario at MJR. What is it? 79. Yeah, at MJR79. What's 79? Is that the year you were born? Yeah, dude. I'm old, man. I'm an old man. I'm going to be 40 in two months. Uh, yeah, I'm 41, dude. When's your birthday? May 9th. Okay. Yeah, you're 41 and a half. Yeah, I'm old. That's, <laughs> yeah, I, I've been around. Right on, buddy. <laughs> I'm loving all this shit you're doing on YouTube, brother. Keep it up. Love you, dude. Later. Love you, buddy. Tell, Later. Tell your family said hi. Mario J. Rivera, the legend, videographer multi-instrumentalist owner of seven cats we love you buddy keep it up we look forward to that documentary and some more covers from m4 mario 4 whatever the hell you're calling it thanks for listening san diego stay healthy stay sane we'll see you at a show next year Ayo.
One, two, three, four. Palapalooza. Palapalooza. We're talking to you. I'm Palapalooza.